0: look at us hey look at us look at us who would have thought
1: not me i feel like a really good way to introduce this podcast because i expect that's just basically going to be the analysis tonight (laughs) 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 look at us who'd have thought it anyway hello and welcome to the scottish rugby podcast brought to you by the scottish rugby blog i am cammy black um what a podcast we've got for you tonight um what a what a momentous game at the weekend, England and Scotland. We'll get to that in a moment. Joining me though to go through it, we've got John Anderson. Good evening, John. Good
0: evening, all. How the hell are we?
1: We've got Craig Manson. Hello, Craig.
2: Good evening. I have engaged, smug face. Good.
1: Uh, Johnny McGinty's here as well. Hello, Johnny. Good
3: evening. My face is always smug.
1: And Ian Hay. <laughs> hey, hello, Ian.
4: Well Last and very much, uh, last least. Hello, last everyone. least, <laughs> least smug. Um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, not after how Matt Fagerson played, no. Um. <laughs> I,
0: I feel like a 40-minute segment coming on just on Matt Fagerson.
1: This, look, there's so many areas where this this entire podcast can just turn round and say, ha, we told you so. And <laughs> we're going to spend about an hour doing that. <laughs> Um, you can watch us live. We're on uh, we're live Wednesdays 8 30 pm on uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, you can also download the podcast afterwards on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else that you can download audio podcasts. You can also sign up to our Patreon, slash Scottish Rugby Podcast from three pounds a month. And that will get you extra weekly bonus content because we record a little bonus podcast after the main one. Uh, and you also get ad free versions of the main pods as well. So, Shall we just launch straight into this? Um, Seems reasonable. I, I think the overall thing that we should start with is, and a lot of the kind of reaction to this is, this is Scott. Have Scotland finally arrived? I mean, you know, are we now at a point where, as Scotland fans, John, this is the new normal. We we shouldn't be expecting to go into these games and lose. We're going to be competitive from here on in. This is this is it now.
0: So, uh, yeah, well, yes Yes, to a certain extent I, th- I think As Scotland fans We've, we've, we've kind of come up Across this quite often And I think there is an element of I think this team's very special And I think they've been building And there's been components to the, That have been added to the team That have really started to make Make it um, A team that can certainly compete and obviously, the last couple of years we've been quite close. So I think we really need to be optimistic, and I think we can be really confident. Like we've sat in this podcast and said we don't like, you know, we don't feel necessarily that we're at all worse than the other teams. We should be beating them, in our opinion. So have we arrived? I thought I think we arrived a couple of years ago, actually. But it's it, it, you know it just takes time and let's be honest, we're playing against some of the best teams in the world, like, you know, England, despite the fact they're, you know, they're apparently ranked third in the world, which uh, world rankings maybe need to be adjusted a wee bit, but, um, you know, England are a great side, Ireland are one of the best in the world, if not, I said in Twitter this week, it's it's great to see Ireland uh, being the best team in the world, uh, 18 months before the World Cup, as per usual. Um <laughs> You know the, these are really good teams, and Scotland have we, we have been a long way behind them in the past, and we are probably on a par with many of them now. So I think I think we should be really confident where we're going with this. Um Should we expect it long term? Maybe not necessarily. I think you know Scotland. We need to. This is probably the first generation of players that we've had that are truly competitive in the Six Nations era. Uh, it's about that next pipeline. It's about making sure that the talent coming through is up to speed quickly and ready to go. Scotland have never done that in the professional era yet, so let's see how, how we manage that. But that sounds awfully like a future, John, problem. Let's just enjoy
1: <laughs> the moment just now. But I mean, Craig, it put Scotland to have depth, and I think that comes down to a lot of what went well on Saturday and what, what's gone well for Scotland, certainly over the past... 18 months is you, know, you can have someone like grant gilchrist coming, in and i know we've got different opinions on grant gilchrist on this podcast but grant gilchrist had a hell of a game and you know he he would probably have been what, fourth choice a year ago for scotland
2: yeah um i think you know when we talk about depth um i always worry when we start talking about depth and everyone talks about depth and haven't we got a lot of depth and and i understand that for me it's it's what does the depth you know you can say depth 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 as much as you want but what does that actually mean and i think for on saturday for me it meant that we brought on um our finishers our our replacements or subs whatever you want to call them um and they there was there was either a step up or there was a there was no um change in and and what we could do on the field, um, and I think that the, the big issue we that Wales have, for example, and we'll talk about that further down the line. I guess is the fact that we are getting our we're getting things together, and it's taken some time, but we're getting things together. Our professional teams are working well, and they're producing young talent coming through, whereas we don't seem to have that in uh, in in the four before um region Wales um set up. So uh, I think um we're very we've got the right coach coaches uh the right players at the right time um and it's now starting to show.
1: Uh, Matt O'Hanrahan saying on YouTube, Craig, uh, were you scared of swimming as a child? It's okay to talk about depth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, want, don't thank you. again. Don't Can talk about see- swimming. Matt, thank you for keeping that clean. Is that another <laughs> yeah. um, Johnny, how are you feeling about it? like right now? You know, realistic. I mean, you go into these games and there's always a little bit of nerves, but, but personally, I got about half an hour into that match and thought this is going to be a despite all the England pressure, the defence holding up well, we're we're, we're gonna be okay here.
3: Yeah, um I think as you know, as much as we're talking about have scotland arrived and things and and you know we're going to gloat about this and we're going to say we're right about that Um, i will once again hold my hands up and say i was could not have been more wrong about chris harris because he was phenomenal again on saturday and he's just like the last 18 months or so of him i think has been a difference maker for scotland so if we could keep that up fraser brown was on the bbc pod this week um, so I heard a bit of it on the radio this morning and, and he said something really interesting which was that we'd got out there and beaten England on Saturday without really playing any rugby so I think that, that Scotland kind of have this idea that we've still got our own game that we can play we didn't we didn't do that on Saturday, if we can go out and do that against Wales this week it could be a totally different game and I think Scotland have got to be favourites
1: for that Yeah um, Ian, how are you feeling about Scotland right now?
4: Yeah um- worryingly confident um, <laughs> you know it's, it's, it, I'm not comfortable with this whatsoever uh, also Moshe Chen you're correct we do not call them finishers Craig they are substitutes <laughs> or replacements not finishers they're binges um,
3: <laughs> the Mick Bomb squad
4: <laughs> um, no I think I was the same like uh, as you can I think like, with an hour gone I was just like yeah we're losing but I don't I'm not worried you know, we'd, we'd weathered the best that they'd brought to us. And even though like, you know, England and Eddie Jones had been given it the oh, all Scotland the Red Hot Favourites, do you look at that England team? That's still a team with a lot of quality players, a lot of Lions players, um, guys who have won titles and championships. Um but we, we still we were able to hold everything they had, even you know, the bright young talent, Marcus Smith, who did play very well. Uh, but you know, he's in the shadow of the master, okay. wasn't he?
1: He played okay. I think that's the thing. Like, yeah. you know, we're all right. Like, We can't talk about the England team on this podcast, you know, if if not to just mock them. But <laughs> he was all right. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was really slow. I mean, I was watching um, Squid... For anyone who hasn't seen it, Squid has done an analysis of the game. It's excellent, as always. I was watching it before we came on. But the number of times that he just kind of does a little kind of duck, kind of waddle... To try and like half step, like three, you know, 30 yards behind the game line to give everybody the, you know, it gives the Scottish defence all the time in the world just to move up very slowly and cut off all the options. It's, but the he thing, was all right.
0: The thing you've got with Marcus Smith is because of the way the, the press have hyped him and because of probably England are a team that through a couple of injuries, but also through just mismanagement. Find themselves in a position where they've got the most professional rugby players in the world, yet they've got the least competent like international side they've had in quite some time. And Marcus Smith's coming in. And I'm not saying Marcus Smith's not a very, very, very talented individual. And under, you know, it was interesting watching. It was Finn Russell was interviewed and was uh, asked about, "Would you like to play under Eddie Jones?" And the answer was pretty telling. Of course, he wouldn't. And, you know, think about Marcus Smith playing under that. Like, the, guy, the guy's the guy been tearing it up in the Premiership. He's a very, very talented player. And, you know, we're Scottish rugby fans, but we, we all know a, a good rugby player when we see one. And he's playing under an Eddie Jones game plan that just won't, won't it'll stifle him. And, you know, I, I don't want to predict a Danny Cipriani situation here, but there's every possibility of it because English coaches are so risk-averse and just think who's next in line for that job. You know, if you think Richard Cockrell's coming in and going, Marcus, here's the keys to the Ferrari, off you go, son. You've got another thing coming.
4: I think one of England's biggest problems, is, and it's something I was starting to say, there was a rugby pass chat after post-match that I was on and then my boys with heads set. I used was dying. Um, England's biggest problem is they have had no succession planning at number nine. They're yeah, still stuck yeah. with Ben Youngs, who is adequate, I would say, um but he's not very interesting. I mean, even a couple of years ago, they're calling up Willie Hines, you know, at the age of thirty-two, <laughs> yes. on like a grandparent rule. Um, <laughs>
0: What, because he looks like a gram And then probably,
1: like, one of the... <laughs> but then you look at it, and because of that, one of... Probably one of the, the best scrim halves in England ends up scoring a try against them this weekend.
4: Yeah, and also they've lost... Like, they, they never gave Dan Robson a shot when he was playing well. Then he got badly injured. Ben Spencer's been there. They, they, uh, I and mean, they were still picking Richard Wigglesworth up until he was, like, 35, 36. <laughs> um, sort of flight commander Dicky Dickie Wigglesworth reporting for Josie Sam. But... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they've. I mean, how long was the contract that the uh, um, Rugby RFU gave Eddie Jones after World Cup it was like three or four years? Just... Five hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to see centuries of Scottish dominance. Um, it's just, it's, I think we've spoken about this before. Jones just—he's that kind of character that he comes in as like cockers, comes in, makes a lot of noise, noises a lot, you know, puts rockets up arses. Gets performances for a while. And then you know, players have said they didn't like going training. They, 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 they would refuse call ups. Like, oh, God, he's going to put us through the ringer. Um, he, I think he's, and I've been saying this for over a year to any England fan. Listen, he's damaging that England team. He's damaging that squad. Uh, he, was I think con- the,
0: he was contracted through to the next World Cup, so 2023.
4: There's well, madness. Yeah, I mean, I I just
0: and we know they are if you're skint, so there's no chance (laughs) we're paying them off. That's
2: (laughs) that's the thing though. You've seen. uh, I don't know if I had. I I was listening to an interview with Cammy Redpath, and he was talking about um, how he was looking forward. He he looks forward to going to Scotland Camp because he has a real good laugh with the guys that he that he knows and he's like getting to know the other people that, that are within the squad. He has great fun. The 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 even the hotels that they have to stay in because some guys get to go home and some guys don't because obviously the distance, they still have a great a great amount a great time together. Um and I can guarantee you, um no matter how posh Pennyhill Park is down in uh, down south it's a miserable place to be because I wouldn't want to. They talk about you know how um, uh, oh, what, the 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 last England captain, what's his name, um, looks like a Toby Jug. Uh,
1: <laughs> they all look like Toby Jug. You've just described yeah. every England captain who ever Dylan Hartley. Sorry, well Dylan Hart,
2: yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Dylan Hartley. You know um, oh, he, he, <laughs> he he would, he talked about the, how he would go through the ringer. With Eddie Jones, and you think to yourself, hang I mean, on a minute, that's your captain. That's when you know that's the guy who, okay, you you want them to drive standards, but you want them to have fun in camp. And I just think it's the, the the I think they got rid of their own coach. I think the press put, bullied them into getting rid of Lancaster. I think but is Lancaster inter- a
0: club coach? Is he a club coach or is he an international coach? I think
1: he had the potential to be an international coach. I think Lancaster is from the same mould as Townsend. And I think the difference with this Scotland squad now to where it was at the start of 2020 when we had Fingate and <laughs> we're coming off the back of that horrendous World Cup where Townsend said, I went away and I learned all these lessons... The stuff that came up about how the camp was being run, and then the interviews since then with with Finn Russell and with Gregor Townsend, where I think Townsend learned a lot from that fallout with Finn Russell, that camps need to be fun, yeah. mm. especially during a pandemic. And I'm just not—I don't think that Eddie Jones is necessarily a learning coach. Yeah, I don't well, yeah. see a massive amount of difference in the tactics that he deployed. When he first took over England to now, it's the same tactics. He just keeps trying to find players to fit it, as opposed to Gregor Townsend, who I think has has changed massively the way that Scotland play. And I know a lot of that's to do with the coaches he's brought in, like Steve Tandy. But you know they're brought in at Townsend's behest. They don't, you know, the SCL you don't force these coaches upon him. There, and no, he, and, there and,
0: has and, been and, an overall switch as well, Cam. You're absolutely right. Like Townsend has led an overall switch in the style, like scotland play definitely to what they did previously
1: so but well, scotland played differently how they played six months ago and that's what's exciting with the scotland team yeah. is that it, it's constantly evolving they've got like you said john they've got a good we've got a really good squad now but it's not you know they keep bringing these other guys in and it doesn't make a massive difference there isn't a drop in quality when a ben white comes off the bench it's so whatever the plays are and they know what to do. They trust everybody outside them. the fact that he got in on that try from the point, you know, and he's cut, he's, he, he can't be, I mean, he might not even come on the pitch at all in terms of the way the game plan was, but to come on, take over from Ali price and to run that line, to get on the end of that ball, I think to me demonstrates, cause that was, you know, it's a plan move. That just demonstrates how well everybody buys into the town's end Game plan, and that probably, you know, I think that that's why this Scotland squad is different to the England squad. I think Johnny and that they're, they're, they're happier,
3: yeah. I mean, obviously, you've all not seen the hilarious banter video of Adam Radwan doing crazy golf trick shots this morning at the training pitch, which makes it look like the most unimpressive, miserable, organized fun you'll ever see in your life <laughs> on the RFU Facebook page. But um, no, I think you're absolutely bang on. Like you just get the impression that that Scotland camp's a nice place to be, and they're obviously working really hard because, like, it's a fairly complex system that they've got going in both attack and defence. There's they keep doing that move where they hit Matt Fagerson out the back of the. Of a lineout and inside their own twenty-two, that takes a lot of practice. And my heart is in my mouth every single time they do it. So it's not like they're just going there and like juggling and eating haribo. They're obviously working hard, but they're enjoying it at the same time.
1: Yeah, should we should we talk about some of the the kind of standout players? I think for, I mean obviously everybody stood up for Scotland like we said, but can we talk about Darcy Graham first? Because because the fact that he's a not lot?
3: in any team of the week is Outreach. infinitely upsetting. I
1: think the fact he wasn't man of the match upset me and that, and I know they have to announce it before the end of the game. And I know he hadn't got that turnover but still his contribution up to that point had been superb. He was at the, for a back, he was at the heart of defense. He was sticking in some really good tackles. If you watched that the, the lead up to the Ben White try, he flies up and absolutely like fells Lewis Ludlam. Bring he him hit Ludlam a
3: t- couple of times
1: and like yeah. properly hit him. And Ludlam's not a small guy; <laughs> like... no, he's huge. <laughs> he's really bulked up Ludlam as well,
2: yeah.
1: And, and not just some of the runs he was doing, some of the dummy runs he was doing. Even you know the way that he competed with Lewis Cowan-Dickie, which was hilarious. But the fact that he he goes up to almost you know put Cowan-Dickie under pressure, then immediately appeal for the penalty try.
3: He was integral in all three moments that basically led to us winning that game. That's yep. that's the long and short of it with Darcy Graham.
4: But are you including, um, you know, uh, when England had a ball that was held up over the line? you including that in there, Johnny? Because I only noticed that on second view. And I think it's Russell and Johnson get under him. But then as soon as I, I can't mind who the England players goes to turn, Darcy Graham leaps on him to grab the ball. He's like, nah, mate, you're not moving anywhere. I've got this stuff. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's unlike. I said this when we were speaking about Darcy Graham a couple of weeks ago, like the power that he generates with a frame his size is just like, it's ridiculous.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like when I was posting a video, I posted the video of him that last 50, it's 15 seconds as well from coming out the base of the scrum. He gets a turnover and then he manages to get around to the back of the next ruck and then just to kind of like rub Jack oh, no but, no,
4: it. but he came in from the side and there was no clear release mate it's a penalty <laughs> all day
1: I think somebody said to, for Darcy Graham to be supporting his weight in that position he must have a hell of a course strength and the temptation right, does, just replied no. but he's Darcy Graham of course he does <laughs> was really strong
2: yeah it was amazing because I was listening to, again I was listening to the, the podcast version of what Johnny was listening to and both Fraser Brown and Pete Horn were absolutely just you know uh, promoting Darcy Graham was—they were just praising him to the hilt because they, said, they were saying that uh, Joe Marchant's ankles will be in splints this morning because uh, <laughs> he couldn't—he couldn't he could, he could, uh, change change direction as quick as, uh, as Darcy. And you know his core strength—they were talking about his strength and how he can just as we've all—I'm just going over, you know, what you've all said. But he, he, you know, in the tackle, in the ruck you know, he's, he gets himself into places that that traditional backs would never be um and uh but also trying to pin him down when he's got the ball is just unbelievable he shoulders people off hands people off he's absolutely fantastic
4: I think it's been great as well like we all know he had a pretty crappy uh 12 months person in his personal life um and he wasn't on the field he wasn't hitting the standards that he he was um Mm. but you know he had this you know he's I think it's public knowledge now so I don't mind saying it that his brother was in a a life-threatening car crash um, things like that. So obviously that's going to play on his mind and affect him. But he's come roaring back. Uh, and he was back to his absolutely brilliant best on Saturday. He's, uh, you know, what is he now? 22, 23, 24. 24 mm-hmm. is He's
0: only 24.
4: Yeah. He feels like I he's like been but- around. For a lot
3: longer than hasn't he yeah. He's dynamic at the
4: sevens. You know, I think the the sevens has really helped him. I think the sevens has been a great pathway for Scotland players. Um, what I think it really helps with is because you have to know when to time jumping into a ruck with all that extra space to cover. He is so good at that, and because he has such a you know he's got such a dynamic leg drive, you know he's shot to the ground. He gets right in there, um, and also a lot of his attitude. Uh, you. You know, Darcy Graham is. Uh, if he's not a line, um next time round, there's going to have to be some ridiculously good players a- ahead of him. It was
0: one, yeah. one of the things we talked about with the sevens as well, Ian. In terms of the first up tackling, so a guy like Darcy Graham, who obviously isn't isn't the biggest guy and very much does punch above his weight defensively, in sevens there's no hiding place. So you make your tackle, and that's it. You have to. And if you're going to be a good sevens player, there's no way you shy away from defense. So I, I I like I've talked I've talked at length in this podcast actually about how important that like we talk about the attacking side of sevens and how exciting it is to see players running at pace and you know passing and all that. But actually I think the defensive side of sevens is where we could really start to make some real gains because we're having to teach players to you. You just have to smash your man. End the story. There's, there's no nothing else for it. So I think Darcy's benefited from that significantly. Yeah,
1: and he and he constantly proves everybody wrong. I mean, the fact that yeah. um, you know, I think on this podcast we think in 2018, early 2019, we're laughing saying there's no way Darcy Graham makes a World Cup squad. It's far too early for him. And then, you know, there <laughs> he was, absolutely tearing it up. So. Um, and then I think you know, and people that say you know he's not good under a high ball. I mean that that's just not true. He's not you know clearly there's, he's at a disadvantage in competing against a taller player in the air. But he gets tight when he, he gets tight when he needs to. And the the answer is as we've always said is you just don't stick him in the backfield. Yeah, he's up in defence yeah. smashing players
2: three times his size backwards. I think we actually both are both our winners were good under the high ball um, on the weekend.
0: duhan Do, is like, and again, it goes back to that lines too, doesn't it? duhan is absolutely fantastic under the high ball, and it's a part of his game because he looks like Johnny Bravo on steroids, and can knock players six ways, whatever way you want, and is rapid. We think. Yeah, there's like he can't have it all. It's the Tim Visser effect. There's no way he's going to be good on that. He's very good defensively, and his high ball is phenomenal. I, I just one of the best parts of his game in Scotland will benefit significantly from that.
1: He can he kick though, uh,
0: but can he? Is, that the, is that the next? What well, did you we, we do? Well, we do
1: know short. because it absolutely spooned it off his boot.
0: Yeah, but Alex Dunbar done that once as well. We carried a guy on one him. kick. <laughs> Alex Dunbar
4: managed
1: to like, kick it behind him. <laughs> at least, at least Didn't two hands it. went forward. Yeah, the, the
3: thing I is, like just, maybe two hand catch kick, but he he, he took a ball inside our twenty-two. Yeah, he took a ball inside our twenty-two, basically a stride or two from his touchline on Saturday afternoon, and just went forward. Nothing on. Went sideways looked for something to be on, nothing was on, turned around, looked for the smallest player, and barreled and got it to like not far from the 10-metre line. So like, if you could do that from your touchline inside your 22, why would you bother learning to kick? Someone,
4: yeah. well, either his debut or his second cap against Italy, he was in the same kind of position. And instead, what he did was, he's like, all right, You know his left hand side as well, so he's not got a left boot. No, well he's not got a right boot. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So what? What did you say? Too he just goes, all right, I'm going to blast. Think it was Giraldini He blasted past, and then he sat down Negri, Sebastian Negri. You know what I mean? And got up to the edge of the 22, and then it's like, all right, easy Uh, clearance.
0: When you're that size, sitting down a back row and just setting up for the guys that you like, we talk about rugby being a. a sport for all sizes and shapes, it's, a, it's a, a game for all skill sets as well. Duncan Weir's made a very good career out of just being able to leather the absolute bejesus out the ball. So, you know, get it to the guys that can actually do that. Duhans going to smash people and get it into that position. That's fine. I, I
1: think, think what was interesting as well at the weekend is that the using Doohan to draw players in now. And they've quit. I think, in the, you know, we've said yeah. that with Stuart Hogg before, and that's what Stuart Hogg's very good about, drawing in defences. But, the, you know, the, the the lead up to that penalty try is, you know, Finn Russell doing a chipping, a crossfield chip to Dohan, who who smashes into the 22 and then some. And it draws in so many English defenders that you're able to chip it to the other side. And, you know, Darcy would have caught it. or But we get the penalty try anyway.
3: If you've seen Sam Larner's uh, analysis of Ben White's try. There's, he's actually he says a really similar and quite interesting thing in that one because Scotland go one way and then come back the other way. And even though England are underfolded because of Scotland go back the other way, Elliot Elliot Daly, who's got Duhan on that far side, is screaming for more men. And so they're they're bringing <laughs> people over from the side where the play is about to go back to because Elliot Elliot Daly is. Uh, a phrase that, I'll use, that I would use in the uh, the patriot half himself about the fact that he's been left on that far touchline with Duhan and absolutely screaming for players over, and that's how they end up short on the side that Scotland actually attacked
1: it. It's almost like it's like the it's almost like Batman, isn't it? He kind of create enough of a myth around Duhan, and everyone's seen what he can do and the destruction he can cause. Just the mere thought of being of, of all being shipped out to him causes defenses to absolutely panic and create more space on the other wing
0: are you suggesting he is do man
1: do man <laughs> oh, oh the imagery is going to be fantastic let's <laughs> let's stick with it let's stick with the backs then um before we move at the forwards. um Finn russell again just a phenomenal game craig i think there's a lot of people i think again because he doesn't do you know he's not doing the mad created easy Finn's stuff everyone's like oh he's, anybody could do that but I, the way he manipulates defenses and the the little things he does, really, kind it's, it's game changing.
2: Yeah, I will not have anyone say a word against him in this game today. Uh, on uh, on Saturday, he was up. He he showed the Finn Russell he has become, and he recognised the fact that we're under the under a lot of pressure from England in the first twenty minutes. Um, he ordered the guys around. He moved the team around. Where he needed them to be, you just need to look. At, no matter what anyone says, if it was it was fifty-eight seconds, we were in there. They're twenty-two mm-hmm. for the whole game, and we came away with the win. And if you think, um, you know, that piece, that 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 um, uh, that attack where he kicked, you know, I've not I've not seen this. I, I haven't seen it for uh, before in international rugby for someone to do a kick pass twice within the same. Um, Within the same set of the uh, uh, same attack, um, and he, he, you know to have someone who's as, as confident to do that, um, and also um, can now manage the team when he's when they're under the pump, um, uh, he's grown into some. Uh, you know, if he's not if he hasn't been world class lately, he is now world class.
1: Yeah, best flyer from the northern hemisphere, Ian. Uh,
4: oh. I'm a big fan of Intermac, uh, to be honest. Oh, it's not even a 10.
1: He's, he's
0: better
4: is... 12. He's is better he... 12. Isn't he? Yeah, but, was. He's, but he's, he's so, beautiful, so beautiful. He's He's, beautiful. Beautiful. he's so. Oh,
0: sorry. Uh, he's so damn handsome. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that was the trap lane. They... I'll get my oh, pen
1: out and write down the time uh, you said. Uh, 34.15.
4: 30, yeah, they right, started at 34.8, to be honest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, me um, going to at bed 10, late tonight. At 12 yeah. is magnificent. Jalabert's a great 10. Intimack's not no 10. He's a 12. Nonsense. Well,
4: how many times has you know, France won with Jalabert at 10?
0: Not as many as they should have. But uh, but Entomac's uh, beautiful yeah. at 12. And also, yeah, brilliant. but,
2: but Finn Russell will still take it. However, yeah. Apart.
4: I'm still saying, uh, no, yeah, uh, regardless of how beautiful and good uh, Roman Entomac is, <laughs> Fanny <laughs> Russell is still. The better player, yeah, I do think he is the best uh fly half in the northern hemisphere, and yeah. he's he's up there with the world. Um, you, yeah, can, you can't him. deny that he's, you know, we we saw he's better than bigger. Pollard is pretty one dimensional, and for all the you know Sexton is amazing at what he does, but like Craig said, who has ever like two kick passes, and they're probably like two two touches in a row that he would have had. Yeah. We didn't involved much as they brought the ball inside. And also, not just that, they're on the money. You know what I mean? His, his kick passing is as accurate as a number nine's passing from hand. It's, it's sort of, no one has that skill.
2: Um, I'll tell no you one thing is, though. It's close to that level. In, in Johnny Sexton's defence, he can take a shoulder into his chest and get a penalty for holding on his forehead really, really well. If there's anyone that's a diver, I've never seen such ridiculous. <laughs> oh hours. my god! I can't believe it. It's, well, no, I can't I think, believe it because it's Johnny Sexton.
4: Uh, Craig, I don't know if you, um, you know, if, if our paths would cross for this point. But when I remember that time when <laughs> Hamish, uh, when Hamish Watson, the uh, game in. Dublin a couple of years ago, Hamish Watson, uh, Sexton spelled it. Watson drove into him, sort of right in the chest. Yeah. Uh, Sexton had to go low to pick the ball up, and then sort of drove up and hit him in the neck. And Sexton like went down holding his face. Yeah. So I, I called this out, and oh my word! <laughs> uh, was, I think it was four hundred and fifty thousand views later. <laughs> Dar- <laughs> Do you know what Darcy Graham liked it as well? <laughs> which was great. It's our
0: friend, <laughs> our friends in the Emerald Emerald Isle were not a fan
1: of their. You allowed back to Ireland after that. S- Sex. I've already be been, been f- out. But The
4: thing is, people or- from Cork completely agree, and it's it's true. That he has been shown to dive. <laughs> yeah. There's no two yeah. ways about it. Uh, it's just the rest of the team are really good.
0: Hashtag rugby values, guys. Even yeah. that
4: game, like when that incident happened with Watson, and he went down after standing back up, and then realizing that you know I think Scotland were going to get a scrum. Or, or, or an attacking line out. he then went down holding his face, and Keane Healy just like went around and just went get up. Yes, <laughs> 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 up. Your already. Yeah. Um,
0: it's it's really poor, and it really it really bugs me actually because it's again it's this situation it's where you takes got, away from him so much. You've got well, you're absolutely right. You've got a guy who is like. I don't really care about the future development of fly halves in Ireland. Frankly, I would quite like it to be stifled. But you've got a guy who is obviously a massive hero to a lot of young kids in world rugby. And he's throwing himself about like a footballer. And I'm going to use that term very deliberately because you know, we, we do know footballers have got more of a tendency to dive about, but it, it's exactly what he's done and yes, people will come back and say oh, but Stuart Hog in the World Cup and all that nonsense, and yet some people have done this in the past it's about your reaction to it, Sexton has a consistent pattern of getting hit in, in areas now, I, it might just be that every bit of his body is now made of shortbread so therefore, when he gets hit in his leg, it hurts all of them. And that, if he wants to explain that, that's fine. But actually, I just think he's a cheating plot.
4: That's like, like Stuart Hogg was, but twenty two when he did that. You know, he did that dive. Yeah, he Yeah, apologised he, was in instantly. Yeah, he yeah. apologised instantly. to Nigel loans, and then yeah, a couple of years later, he you know he apologised. Uh, there was an interview ahead of a stations campaign. He was like, "Yeah, I'm so embarrassed at myself." And it was also because that was also run just after the time when he was, was angling for a move to Ulster.
0: That was Gate, Yes, yes, yeah. he was in a bad so,
4: place. Yes, yeah, so we he realised he'd actually be
1: Ulster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Partly Glasgow at the time.
1: <laughs> but we'll get back to Finn Russell because I don't want to spend too long talking. We can talk about Johnny Sexton more in the in the Patreon yeah. podcast That's in a bit. Um, Sorry, uh, Tammy. No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> any opportunity to slag off Irish of players, look, but... let's have it. Um, Johnny, I mean, I think the other thing with Finn Russell, and people don't often see this unless you're kind of watching the post-match analysis, but it, it's the kind of way he controls the team. You know, he's he constantly, for the guy that's kind of got a reputation for being laid back, he's constantly pointing and ordering everybody around him and telling them where to stand. So he's he, he he's so integral to the Scottish team and the way they play.
3: Yeah, and I I think that like his kind of the perceived kind of laid back persona that he's got probably helps in that regard because I think he's he's obviously like people around him trust him because he never looks flustered. So he keeps going all the time and he's always like he's calling for men over here, he's calling for this, he's calling for that, he's calling for that. And like as much as he is constantly going, he never looks like anything's bothering him. So I think in like in the middle of a of a game like that, if he's going you do that, you do that, you do that but keeping his composure, it's dead easy for everyone to, around him to just go, yeah, okay, this seems fine.
1: Yeah. I think that uh, John Smith, John saying that, was it Josh Josh Smith on YouTube saying, the read that England didn't have a hooker and the set up and kick to take advantage of it was superb. And you watch and he, you know, he manipulates the English defence to give himself time to kick through and for Hamish it, you know, to chase through. And then you know England don't have a hooker, they can't bring on a temporary replacement. It would have to be a permanent substitute. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: it's, it's no accident, It's that, that that's the difference, Like you, you, these situations happen and you go, oh that's worked out, that's great, it's no accident when Finn Russell does it because he shows it every other week, you know, that he, he's able to see the game in I mean, 14D uh, and just, you know, just he's understand, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally red pill blue pill Finn Russell he uh, it just it just sees the game and it's actually something that um, I read an article quite a wee while ago about uh, it was actually English rugby they were looking at um, bringing in a coach to look at vision and uh, by, by vision they were talking about actually your peripheral vision and being able to see and spot things around you very quickly and I would bet my last pound that if you were to put Finn Russell in front of one of those coaches, they would be like, "You are incredible at this because he just sees everything around him and is able to calculate what he needs to do at that point." He's he is the complete fly half, and I I would I would go a step further and say I don't think the Southern Hemisphere has uh, anyone on par with him.
1: Yeah, John, do you want to have a chubby chance to gloat about Matt Ferguson now?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm sure you don't want to come in on this as well, because uh, both myself and Ian have been uh, very vociferous in our defence of uh, Matt Fagan. Yeah, so what a performance, and more than justified. Um, You know, I thought I thought Bradbury, when he came on, was decent enough, done his job. Um
1: I'm not but,
2: letting you away with that one because he came Craig's on. Craig
1: we'll uh, Craig, you'll have your right to reply. No, have you?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. he came oh, on. Oh, he only, oh. he only bit and he was good. He part of a very good performance. Fagerson was box office, absolute box office. The stats alone tell the story, but everything Ferguson was doing, he was leading that pack about against in in a very very taxing circumstances because the English were on top. And the ball that he was getting was always back foot, and it was just making meters, making yards. It, 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 yeah, it was the, it was for me. It was like we talk about number eight performances, and we want these guys, these six foot six monsters, to be just be smashing people out the way and running like twenty meters down the road whilst battering people left and right. Fagerson's performance was the modern number eight performance and it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect.
1: Ian, before I give Craig a right to reply, have you got anything to add to that? Um,
4: I, I wouldn't say exactly it was perfect. Uh, there was the miscommunication at a restart with him and Darcy, but it's like the only blot on either of their copybooks. Dar- Darcy's um, not...
3: <laughs> yeah, somebody should
4: have <laughs> shouted, you know, but I'm not going to say... Uh, Always
3: blame the back. Exactly. <laughs>
4: Um, yeah, but what I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd been having a discussion with somebody who I thought like son on the Scottish Rugby Forum, and for like the 13 or 15 positions, I thought he was spot on. Uh, but one thing that I wasn't having was uh Bradbury being better in a close quarter um battle than Fagerson. Yeah. I was like, no, I was like, no, I want to see Bradbury running onto a ball, right? Because he's getting bigger stride I want to see him running on a ball and taking men on, then he can bounce a man. Okay, but what Fagerson does, he's, he's more of a borrower, you know, he's a shorter man he gets right through, he has a higher work rate than Bradbury, uh, even still Bradbury has been in great form this season I'm he not going to deny that has. at all but Matt Fagerson then commanded that number 8 uh, jersey and I think usually he's been like a 7 or 8 out of 10, he's maybe made one, I think there was a game against Ireland I think it was, he'd been playing really well, um, I think it was the one we just narrowly lost but then he does a knock-on like 10 metres from the line when we're in a good position. And it's like, if you just held... You've been doing so well so far. If you'd held that and kept us going, that would have been better. But uh, Saturday was exceptional. Um, yeah. And he, he is in command of that number eight jersey. And that's the number eight that Gregor Townsend wants to play. Because, well, like, like John said, you know we, we don't have... A six foot, we don't have someone like we don't have a Billy Vinapola type tank, Billy Vuna peak Billy Vinapola. I mean, because you know he's kind of rotten most of the time. Or we don't have Louis Piquemole, who is one of my favourite ACL team. You know, oh, it's so good, so good. Just the offloads and the running.
0: And before um, before we go to Craig though, just to be very clear, we are both saying, like I and I said this on the, the preview pod, and you will have all heard this. Magnus Bradbury for me is the four-mate in Hog. Clog- club rugby I think he has been phenomenal this season I've been really impressed the step up he's taken I think that we're starting to see this potential that we've talked about for what feels like a hundred years and I think Bradbury, Bradbury has a place in the squad now I, like, I wouldn't have said that before I would have said he is a guy who has all the talent in the world, but doesn't take his chances. I think he's got this option now, and it, it, I think he will. I think he'll slot in against Wales, and he'll be. I, I've got no doubt he'll end up being man of the match and knocking people always. But for me, Fagerson took the challenge of that—that that Bradbury playing better at club level—and just said, "You know what? This is my this is my shirt, and I'm keeping it." So. Jog on son.
1: And I suppose I know you don't like talking about depth, Craig, because of your experiences with swimming pools as a youngster, <laughs> but um <laughs> one of the bonuses of um having depth is that you know Bradbury came on and slotted in, and like I said, you know, there's no backward step, there's no drop in performance from a Scotland point of view, but with Bradbury coming on and and having Matt Ferguson having to look over his shoulder yep. at Bradbury coming only drives Matt Ferguson on and and trying to kind of get past Matt Ferguson, only driving Magnus Bradbury on, and in a way, you know, we kind of got the perfect situation here of two very high quality eights spurring each other on for the next few years.
2: Yeah, I, I, I uh, Matt Ferguson was the right number eight for the game on Saturday. Um, he he does incredibly. I agree with both John and Ian when they say. Matt Fagerson's a standstilly, as in he can take a ball when he's standing still and he can still gain yards. Magnus Bradbury, again, as Ian has said, um, he does his biggest damage when he's on the move. Um, he has to take a ball at a, at, a, at a not a canter, but he needs to be moving. where's um Matt Fagerson doesn't. Um, I think, well, you've all covered it pretty well. I wouldn't say Matt Fagerson was box office. I would say he did his job incredibly well, um, and yes, he is a number. He he is he. He's he's put his name on the jersey. What you might find is that he may move to six on the weekend, and Bradbury goes in at eight um, because uh, he's been performing very very well as at, at six for Glasgow, um, with Dempsey being at number eight. So um, you may find that, but I I think I think where where we're to to. Uh, you know, I'm not throwing the throwing the toys out the pram about it. I think Bradbury is. He doesn't deserve the jersey because he's not been in the jersey because of all all these performances prior to now. Um, so you know, we can't turn around. Uh, it, it's it's uh, Matt Fagerson's jersey to lose, and I think Matt Ferguson stepped up and did an incredibly good job on the weekend. Yeah,
0: I, I I would agree, Craig. I I think maybe maybe the and maybe we're just being semantic here, but Matt since jersey to lose. It's Magnus Bradbury's jersey again. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. his to drag it, drag it off his off his and back. And I think there they is, both is. They're both doing um, that. Such competition.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and and all all I was going to say was he made the what's it the the um the, the most tried the, the, the person who scored the most tries in the English Premiership in a season look very average. Yes, you know Sam Simmons was very average on the weekend,
0: and I agree with you as well, Craig. I think for the weekend you might see Ferguson move to six because I would do probably...
1: please don't ruin my dream of Hamish Schwartz and Rory Dudge.
0: I, I would, I, just... Tam, I would love that. I would love that so much. I think that this is head heart nurse speaking here. But I would, I would. Dudge love...
2: is going to be on the bench.
4: Does anyone offhand? Does anyone know how much laying out ball Richie took? Because the only like because Gilco and yeah, Grant Gilchrist was outstanding. Yeah, well, see, if, um, see if
0: we can get the stats. We'll use our
4: talking. Yeah, because uh, um, see, I don't know if they'll, they'll maybe just drop Richie in at six. Uh, sorry sorry, um, Bradbury in for Richie at six, um, and could. maybe look you for him to yeah, like that's you what know,
0: well will do, mate. I think that's what they will do.
4: Yeah, just have him running down sort of see if there's a gap around the rock, doing the narrow channel, doing the blind side. The keep Fagerson in the middle, right in the middle of the pitch.
3: Once um, the game starts and they see how the set pieces go, it doesn't really matter. Like, one of them's going to be wearing six, one of them's going to be wearing eight. Where they actually end up playing once the game starts could be could yes. completely depend on how it goes. So to, to, answer, an answer. to answer your
0: question, Ian, so our top line out performer at the weekend was Johnny Gray with five. Then it was uh, the Jamie Ritchie with four, and then Grant Gilchrist with three. So Ritchie was our second right. option at line-out.
4: So that's going to be a bit like his stars isn't really a line-out option, is he? Because I think I, I tried to look it up on the. He's not. It's not,
0: know. but there's no reason why he can't be. He's literally the same size as him. <laughs> oh don't... no,
2: that's oh hang on, John. That's 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 absolutely correct. You're right. He, but he's not been. He's not there yet. So, so pretty, that's, no, well,
4: Matt Ferguson uses log layout option. I'm sure he's been used, like he's got a good. Well, if you well, look by the pushes. time by
1: the time this podcast goes out, all of this academic because the team's getting <laughs> out <announced> more. <August laughs> yeah. time, so, people will be listening to this Thursday afternoon going, "Well, they were wrong." <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I want to talk about Hamish Watson a little bit while we're on the back row, Johnny, because um, I think Hamish Watson at the minute is suffering with a little bit of the Finn Russells that people watch him and because he's not doing things that we used to him doing, everyone thinks he had a quiet game. And I don't, What having watched the game back and then seen various bits of analysis afterwards, he did not have a quiet game. He no. didn't take the ball and kind of drag 15 men with him over the course of like half a metre, but his work in defence was phenomenal.
3: Yeah, he and he didn't do a lot of the, the stuff that kind of people kind of expected to do. For, for quite a similar reason to why Stuart Hogg has started apparently doing less of the stuff that you expected to do, which is that people make plans for Hamish Watson now. People know where Hamish Watson are is all the time. And so that's a job in itself because then that gives the people around him more chance to do more of what they do because there's more attention than possibly is necessary drawn to Hoggy and drawn to Hamish and then everybody around them has, has got a little bit more freedom. So as much as you, you say, oh, you know, he, he used to take every ball and pinball six or seven people and and be digging into every rock. he's maybe not doing that so much anymore, but the fact that everybody is looking for him to do it means that the people around him are getting to do it a bit more and, and be a bit more effective. With it.
1: Yeah. Um, we'll coming to what, Anybody else of stand out for you at all, Craig?
2: Um... <sighs> Well, I can't say anything apart from the two front rows that came on off the bench. Yeah. Um. Schumann yeah. and uh, W. P. Nell did exactly what we talked about. Um. Uh. Last week. Um. You know, and also the week before when we, when the squad the full squad was announced. Um. Watching Nell was just it was great because of the reset scrums. You could actually watch him do his job, and. Watching um, uh, Joe Marler putting, trying to trying to bend him down and trying to pull him down, and then firing him back up into his chest, it was just fabulous. Um, and 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 Schumann, I I just all I want, all I want in all my life now is the whole um, Scotland. Um, fan group in Murrayfield to shout shoe when he gets the ball, rather than just the Edinburgh just the Edinburgh fans, because it's kind of like it's, it's, it still sounds a little bit like he's being booed by a certain amount but, of uh, po- fans. Point of,
4: point of order, Craig. It's "shoo."
2: I know it's "shoo," <laughs> but it's uh, we, we shout shoe, It doesn't really matter. It's uh, it sounds wrong,
4: you're doing him. A, you're doing him with the service. I'm not that's doing like, him a sp- the service. That's I like spelling Ian with one eye. <laughs> is it twenty really men on that, difference?
0: You? Is there a difference? It's no like spelling uh, Johnny with an H, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Denny. But yeah, I think I think the uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely think um the, the the two front rows um served their purpose I did an incredibly good job. Um and uh uh Turner again um, has proven everyone's faith in him. Um, he, he had a fabulous game as well, so yeah. No, um, my hat's off, to, but you wouldn't expect anything less from me to uh, to ha- take my hat <laughs> no, off for I, the front I, rows, you know.
1: I did enjoy the, the there was a, I think it was just before either the last scrum or the, or the second last scrum, and Joe, there was a close up of Joe Marlar on the ref camp, absolutely blown out of his ass. yeah, like yeah. he was gone, and, and he's a replacement scrum. And the the cut and wp now was checking his studs as if he still had another twenty minutes in him. Tell
3: you what, WPL did he did get pinged for being offside in defence once, which was just like the clearest indication of exactly he's just like I'm here to do the scrums and I will walk backwards in between scrums and if I'm offside, that's your problem. Let's just have, let's just get to another scrum. I'll do what I'm here for, and he's like, and he did it absolutely brilliantly. I thought it was
1: phenomenal. Yeah.
0: To give a big shout out as well to another front row, he's maybe not had as much love um, over the last couple of days than some of his brethren, but Xander Ferguson was the third highest tackler for Scotland at the weekend, and for a tight head prop to be putting in 12 tackles in a game, missing none, by the way. Phenomenal, phenomenal, and you, and, and
1: you see, that there's a clip I put on on um, Twitter of Hamish Watson literally tackling three English Tackle players, three people, <laughs> three, three, <laughs> and everyone will try and argue it's oh he's not, he's he's just tackling one and another one's got. was like he, he it took three English players to take him down, and he was defending the ball right. <laughs> but Zander, but immediately after that, the first player to arrive at the rock is Xander to try Zander. and win the turnover. Xander ah, yeah. and, and Matt it.
3: together as well, and just like. A, Textbook. Xander did a lot of that. He was a nuisance on Saturday.
1: He was yeah. an it abs- was an absolute nuisance. He Do you was. know where else he was a nuisance?
2: back <laughs> well, we
3: no. into the game very short, but delighted today that we've been joined by one of the victorious Scottish players, Xander Fagerson. Xander, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Firstly, how's the head? Decent celebration last night.
2: Yeah, no, it was good fun. An um, early night caught with the family today, but I think a few boys uh, definitely rip, rip the arse
4: out of it, yeah. <laughs> okay, I will just have to apologise for that, but I absolutely we'll don't you that, blame
3: Bob. you for being overexcited after yesterday's report. That
2: was
1: wonderful. Right. As yeah, you can see, if he smiled before the
3: interview even starts, and then he stumbles over it when he's saying it, like, he was put up to that. <laughs> <That's> clearly, <laughs> I
1: think, it's, I reckon it's fine fine for dropping the first scrum. Yeah. Oh, I've he, got to go on telly and say he's been told to say up. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are we choir boys under as well? I know. like I, what I liked, at the end of the at the end towards the end of the interview, you can hear an email notification ding go off. I like, guaranteed <laughs> he's on the press office's laptop and someone's email going, What the hell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, that you know, that was Finn Russell pinging him a wheel going, Aye, nice one, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> The Challenge press office complete. were obviously
3: all too busy with uh, Reese Tate dropping an accidental f bomb during his under 20s interview on Friday night. I know everybody's oh. every,
1: the, everybody. All squads in for media trading money, <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh Rhys Tate's
3: was totally unnecessary as well. It was just like completely for no reason in his very first question.
0: It's, it's yeah. kind of the modern version, isn't it, of the, the Finn Russell in the press conference using the stats to create a paper airplane to throw at Ali Price <laughs> as he's doing his interview. As I, I, was, I was sitting beside him, and he's like literally taking it and he's looking at Ali going, I'm making a paper in the airplane, mate. And I'm like, Finn, that's the official stats, what you're playing at. And he's got his feet up in the seats and everything. And then it's like Ali's talking away, looking at him like, Don't, don't,
1: don't do this. Don't, Finn, Finn, don't. And he's like, Hey! <laughs>
4: like, oh, um,
1: Ian McGill has asked, Can swearing like a chorister be a thing? now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yep.
1: yeah. just for you. Well, look, I think we're coming up to the hour mark.
4: Um, a quick Sam Johnson appreciation moment, yeah, on, yes, you that's very that. usual. He's just solid, isn't he? he just,
2: yeah, um, yeah,
4: he just, yeah. He does everything yeah. you want him to do. Yeah. What? what he makes his yards. Do you want to share what it with the rest do of you the people? And, yeah. and that bit when like Finn Russell pointed at him and just went, run over there, Sam. We were a bit short on the blind side. Yes, boss. Sprint it door. See if that was Chris Harris, everyone would be blown their loads. <laughs> no, it's just it's just me, Sammy G. Okay. Not getting lot. Extremely serves.
0: underrated Sam Jones. Yeah. yeah.
1: What I like, what I imagine Sam, have you, did you ever see there was a Why series is of episodes underrated? Of, well, there's a series of episodes of Malcolm in the Middle where Reese joins the army, right? And he yeah. decides just to give into it and clear his head and only follow orders and becomes a perfect soldier. And that to me, is Sam Johnson. Sorry, right? yeah. <laughs> <He's> clear, <laughs> like he goes on the pit, like he empties his head and goes on the pitch and just does what Finn Russell and tells him to do. What, what better and is very players around at him at it. Tell him to do, yeah. Yes. It's perfect Essentially, soldier. It's like, an ex- it's like an extension of Finn Russell. on the
2: pitch. <laughs> I think. Quato, Quato, and is it Quato or Quato in uh, Total yeah.
4: yeah, you... <laughs>
2: Start the reactor.
4: <laughs> Open your
2: mind. <laughs> that's Finn.
4: Sam Johnson. <laughs> Just block out your mind. Yes, boss.
0: <laughs> to, to answer your question, Craig, I think Sam Johnson chronically underrated because he provides something that Scotland fans don't necessarily value—that really, like the build-up play. That generates that space for our really exciting backs and forwards to to create havoc. And Scottish fans love a 30-meter gallop or a miss pass or a like, oh, look at us scoring from like 10 meters out. Sam Johnson does those hard, hard lines, creates that space for them to do that, but also defensively, he is absolutely rock solid. He's one of the best 12s defensively we've had since Alex Dunbar
3: Sam Johnson whenever he's whenever he's doing those carries always always presents the ball quickly and very rarely turns over. Yeah, it doesn't that's, make huge yards from, from the initial phase in the centres.
0: Yeah, it's um, not huge yards but it's back and it's the perfect line it creates enough space There's like the, 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 the ruck can't get over so him. So you're
2: telling me he's a 6 out of 10 <laughs>
1: Look, I think that's just sometimes yes. that's what you need. Look, not yeah. everybody can be a nine, ten out of ten every match, can they? Ross Ford showed us that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've, but I think I do think it's a, and again, you know, I don't want to preview the Wales match too much because we'll do that on Friday in a, yeah, in a separate yeah, podcast. Yeah, we've got we've yeah. got um some guests from um another a Welsh podcast joining us to do that and run through the lineups, but. I think that we'll probably see over the course of the Six Nations that the lineups, Scottish lineups, they'll be the same spine of the team, but things will change. I, I'm not sure that S- Sam Johnson is going to start a 12 every game. It's horses for courses, and Sam Johnson is the the 12 Scotland needed against that England team, and it worked very effectively. I'm not sure he's the 12 that they'll need against Wales or Ireland or Italy, possibly is the twelve they need against France I don't know we'll find out
3: if Wales are going to start Nick Tompkins and Josh Adams in the seven again let's get Sione on and see if he can make seven million yeah
1: okay I think we've we've covered as much as we're going to cover in the in the main podcast this week um, we will be back on Friday lunchtime for our Patreons live with a preview of the Wales and Scotland match where we'll go through the lineups, uh, kind of get, get a sense of, of what, what what each team is trying to do, if there is any way of getting sense of what this Wales team is trying to do. Um, <laughs> we'll then... That'll be available for download afterwards for everybody on, uh, on audio podcasts. We'll then be back uh, next Wednesday, 8.30, to review the Wales game. Um, we will just very briefly mention that we did have a live podcast planned on the last weekend of the Six Nations that has been cancelled so if you bought tickets for that the organisers will be in touch with refunds um, if you are the competition winners again they'll be in touch about that as well we are—we don't have any alternative plans to do a live podcast however if you are having a function that day if you have a rugby club and you want us to come along and do something then we're more than happy to do that otherwise
4: particularly put lots of money behind your bar especially with me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, get in touch. Podcast at Scottish We'll be in Edinburgh that weekend. Even if we all just end up in a pub watching the game together. That's a Saturday. That's a
4: Saturday. I will to go work on Monday. I'll, I'll die on Sunday. That'll be fine.
1: That's fine. Anyway, so that's it for this week. Uh we'll be back. Like I said, we'll be back next Wednesday, 8:30. If you are a Patreon, hang on and you if you're watching live and you get the extra podcast in a moment but for the moment it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Craig, Ian, John and Johnny see you
2: all